Inspires Media Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Bergio, and I'm super excited to bring on a guest. We were just chatting about how we feel like we're friends, but we have never actually even met each other. This is Stevie from Stevie the Salon in CNT, and I'm grateful you're here today. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for asking me. And I feel like I know you too. Instagram is such a crazy place. I know we were just touching on how, uh, it, it can be crazy. Cause you literally feel like, you know, people yet you're like, I, I guess I've never actually even met you. I know it's wild, especially with the last like eight months of us being closed. I feel like a lot of hairdressers have kind of come together, like watching each other, supporting each other, sharing things, creating new things, like all the things. So it's almost more, uh, I've been inundated with getting to know more hairdressers than ever before in my 20 year career. Me too. I feel like, um, Instagram has really been a positive added, uh, avenue for a lot of us in our industry because it's been hit so hard. I feel like it's been really good for all of us to stay in contact and kind of like fight the fight with each other. So I think it's, I think it's been good. Yeah. And you're very active on social media, which I admire because it's, it is like a second job when you, when you have a business, it's good for marketing, but it's also, you're really good at incorporating a lot of your personal life and just kind of like who you are. Um, and I, I really relate to that and resonate with it because it it is hard to totally show up as your authentic self and just put yourself out there. And you do a really good job of that. Oh, thank you so much. I try try to keep it real. You're fun to watch. So, um, I always have a challenging first question. So I'm always like, how did you get into the industry? And your journey has been a long one. So we'll try to work our way back and get all the juicy parts out. But how did you get into the industry? So I, um, I actually went to school to be a news anchor. I know that's kind of random, but, um, you would have made a great news anchor. I think I would have, you know, I would have, but, um, I went to school to be a news anchor. And, um, with that, when you first start out, you have to, um, you have to move away. And so I didn't want to move away. And my mom is a hairstylist. And so she was like, Hey, just, just try it. And so I tried it and I loved it. Um, and I worked as a receptionist at another salon when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, And, um, my grandma was also, she ran salons. So I feel like it's just kind of in my blood, but I didn't expect to really love it as much as I love it now. It's, it's been a wild, wild ride, but I did it about, um, I started when I was 24, I'm 33 now. So it's been nine years since I've been in school. Wow. And so nine years. I mean, and if you think about it, this makes more sense now that I'm hearing the backstory of being in your family. It wasn't like a new business that you had no clue about. So seeing your success with your salon and you stepping in and being the leader, like you have grown in that short amount of time, that makes a little more sense now, but also like you put the damn work in, like you do a lot. Um, so walk us through what your journey looked like starting out. Did you work with your mom? Did you assist in a salon after school or what was your journey like? So after school, I assisted at a salon in La Mesa and I assisted for probably about four or five months. And then I went on to commission and how that worked at that salon was as soon as you were making enough, um, to where you could pay booth rent, then they kicked you off. So I think I lasted a month. Um, and then I was kind of like out on my own and I worked downtown at a nightclub and my boyfriend, well now husband did too. And so I feel like I had a lot of connections with a lot of people that way. So I built really quick and, um, I didn't start social media probably until about a year or two into it. And once I did that, it changed the game. 
completely. How, how would you say it changed the game? Because I'm one of those people that I started 20 years ago. So social media did not exist then. And so even when it came out, I was super resistant to it because I had already built my business behind the chair and I didn't really see it as a need for me to get more clients in my chair. Get I born and raised in San Diego, right? So it was like, um, wasn't until probably five or six years ago that I jumped on the, the train for it to be a marketing platform for anything that I was doing business-wise. So I'm always curious when I see people that get in when it's like really going to help boom their business and, and to see like what it can do because you have a huge following on social media. It honestly, like I started off and... I was not, I had like a really good clientele from the beginning, but when I started on social media, I did it for the clients. And then I got super booked out super quickly and rapidly through that. And now I've kind of changed it more so into an educational platform as well as working with brands. And, um, I think it's taking a little bit of a different turn now, which I'm super excited for because I feel like this industry, that's the best part of this whole industry is that you have so many options. You can kind of be a chameleon in it. And I just think having my hands in all the different pots right now is exactly where I want to be with, especially now that things are we're in a wave right now with our industry. And I think that it's smart for all of us to really think about multiple lines of revenue. Oh, I love that you're speaking my love language. I couldn't agree more. And I, I feel like, you know, I don't know if you know, I was running those um, networking brunches for us hairdressers and they had yes. often I was enjoying it. And, you know, secretly I created those because I wanted to network more with like my own people with you guys and like, get to get around that energy and just see what was needed as far as like what I could provide being that I've been in the game for so long. But when we went on the first shutdown and I tried to host them virtually, I felt like nobody was open to everything that you just said. Nobody was interested in doing anything than what they were doing. There was like a collective like death sentence that everyone was like, I don't want to look into doing anything else. I only want to be behind the chair because that's all I've ever known or that's what makes me happy or what I think I'm good at or can make money at. So I think here we are six, seven months later and you've seen a lot of new businesses birthed out of like things that like for, for that very reason, like what else can I be doing in case or for a potential shutdown again, like there has to be something else that you have your hands in. Um, exactly. So when did you get into education? Like when did it go from you working at that salon booth renting to the transition of salon ownership and, and getting into education? Did education come first? So how all of it honestly started is once I started working first, everybody at the salon I was at before was so absolutely amazing. I can't say enough positive things about every single person I worked with. They were so amazing, so supportive. A lot of them honestly knew me my majority of my whole life. And, um, I just, I was constantly surrounded by a lot of support. And so as new people kind of came in, I just, I think was so in love with my job and I was so happy that I kind of became the person that just had kind of trained a lot of people. And then I started getting really busy and then it was kind of like, okay, assistant, 
So then I started with an assistant. Once I started with the assistant, that's when things took off. And that's when I really started. That's when the real teaching started because you have to teach an assistant. You have to train them. And I take that extremely seriously because to me, if my assistant fails, I have failed. I have done something to to not help them enough. I've failed at my job. So when that started, that's how things kind of happened. And then at the salon every day, it was just kind of like, I tried new things. I was really into education and learning. And it was like, every day I would come in, people would just kind of crowd around me and we just kind of talk and they'd pick my brain. And then it was like, all right, I'm just going to try a class. And I'd go to the beauty school and teach. And then it just took off from there. It went from like teaching at the beauty school a couple of times a year. And then it went into hosting classes. And I'd say really that kind of got started about two years ago, but it's been fluctuating. I feel like I've, you're just busy. You know what I mean? And then you're not sure like, am I doing this? Am I actually serious about this? I'm kind of just like sampling it out And I was about to seriously dive into major education and start my own education at the beginning of the year. And then boom, we were hit with COVID. Um, I opened up my salon. I bought it uh, last October and it has been the most trying thing I have ever done in my entire life. Um, but I think that it really has shaped me into a different person. And I think that that is it's been really rough, but I think that I'm going to start seeing a lot of really good results from that. (laughs) Fingers crossed, hopefully soon. So it's been wild. It's been wild. And it kind of just got to that point where I was like, I'm kind of stagnant. I feel like I've done all the growing I can. I need to have my own salon because at that point I had trained, I'd say 10 to 15 assistants. And I'm super happy to say that my assistants have become my family. They're my dearest friends. And, um, I live, eat, breathe my work. And so for me, I don't have time to make friends outside of this gig. So they've become my friends and my family and they all followed me. So it's been wild. Majority have followed me. So it's been awesome. That's incredible. That speaks volumes of what, um, you did for them earlier in their career, because there's nothing like having a great mentor. Do you think back of coaches in your life of who's like really shaped things for you and made you look at things a certain way? Like you, you, I was fortunate enough to work in a big salon and I watched different assistants get put with different people or get picked up by different stylists. And it's so crazy to see the after effects of the experience that they had with that stylist. Um, if they even stayed in the industry. So you can have somebody work underneath you or with you for a couple of years and go on to be a thriving stylist. And then the other one go off and not even fuck with the industry anymore because they didn't, they didn't, they weren't nurtured properly. They were, maybe it was made to be too hard or just all, it could be one of a bazillion reasons why they went the other way. But, uh, to, to say you had that many people and a handful of them are with you today. That's incredible. Yeah. I honestly, I think it happens a lot more than not sadly that assistants are used in our industry. And I don't like that. And I, when I'm interviewing assistants, I talk to a lot of people. I've, I've trained assistants who have come from other people and they're like, I was so discouraged. I almost quit. Like, and I did quit. I quit for a couple of years and now I'm trying to get back into it. It's, it's crazy how if you're led by the wrong person, it really can destroy someone's worth and 
I think that I take that super seriously. And a lot of people should, you know, assistants aren't there to pick up your trash and get you your coffee. You know, they're supposed to be your little protégés. And, um, I think the more that you love them and the more you, you help guide them through everything, the more they're going to, to have loyalty towards you and vice versa, you know, any of my girls needed anything at any point in time, I drop what I was doing to make sure that, that I was there and vice versa. So I just don't like that. I think a lot of a, some stylists just use them. And that's where I think a lot of negativity comes in for these new people to our industry. And it's, it's too discouraging for them. And anybody out there who's been discouraged knows what a mental thing that 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 does to you. Um, but you're just not with the right person, honestly. Yeah. And I I had a great, and I had a great mentor. I had mentors, many mentors that I work with daily. And I think that that's why I'm here, honestly. Definitely. Oh, I would say the same thing. Hands down. I got very lucky. Um, looking back, I think, you know, we were all hazed and used a bit too, when we started out, but it's like, it's, it's just a make or break. And I think this industry, there's a little bit of that. That's okay in the beginning because this industry is tough. It is challenging. Yep. It's going to test you. Um, yep. so if you're easily broke that quickly on, maybe it isn't for you. So I think you have to have a lot of tenacity and be aware of if, and I think a lot of people start out young. I started out same 18, 19 years old. And so you don't really, you don't really know at that point, like you're not quite sure how to stand up for yourself or is this just normal? Should I be being treated like this? But I think for any new assistant, especially if anyone's listening right now too, is to ask around, you, you know, don't take the first job that comes your way. Being an assistant is a privilege for both you and them to have. And, you know, it should be equally yoked on both sides that you're getting your needs met and they're getting their needs met. There, there's a, there's, there is a way to have it equally set up. Totally. And I have experienced negative assistance also. Thank God I've experienced a handful. I mean, minor compared to the amazing ones that I have. But, you know, with that being said, on the flip side, there's some assistants who really, um, they have a lot of entitlement and they can't handle the fact that this is an industry that you're going to get in what you put in. And a lot of people now are very lazy and entitled and they expect certain results in certain time frames. And hey, if you're like that, pfft, ain't going to work. Luck. Best of luck. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. You're a brat. <laughs> yeah. This industry, you have to be able to like, um, check your ego, even if you're the world's greatest. Yep. Like, I think at some point, uh, a lot of people get into the industry because they get to be creative. They get to have creative freedom. They get to be who they want to be. You get to kind of like do your own thing, but at some level, you're still a service provider and you're still, you know, uh, there to make the client and the team feel like you're part of it. And I mean, listen, we see plenty of people who are successful out on their own doing their big old bad things and cheers to them. But I think if you're trying to grow a brand and a team, like you have, you have to be able to have that like mama mentality where you're making sure that everybody's needs are met. And like, what would you say is kind of the overall mission or vision that you have for your salon as a whole? Like when you opened it, did you have a concept idea of what you wanted to do and have, how have you been able to like lay that out for the team? Yes. Um, my biggest thing is family and unity. I, I was grew up in that hair world of that environment. And that's where I think a lot of people thrive is no pettiness, no cattiness, no negativity. I think negativity is 
the nastiest disease around. And um, to me, if I see that, I will squash it right out. And that is the biggest thing for me that it's like, be positive. We are all here to uplift each other. Healthy competition is good, but jealousy and nastiness is not tolerable. So for me, my mission and my brand was more so like build these stylists to become well-rounded, well-educated to where they know the need for constant education. Because like you said, you can have a great ego and think that you're the best. First of all, there are a handful of people who are the best. And those people have earned their title. And um, if you think that, then be prepared to stop growth. Because once you start thinking that way, it's over. You're not going to grow anymore. So for me, again, back to my brand, I think that it's more like uplifting each other, um, creating loyalties and family unity. Um, I don't have commission salon. Um, It's all a booth rental salon. so, So for me... It's more so like helping them and teaching them how to run their business. That's, that is where I feel like I, we thrive in that way because a lot of people in commission, not the commission's wrong because I'm going to test it out eventually too. But, um, not that the commission's wrong, but after a certain point and commission stylists are making a lot of money and they see what's being taken, then they can feel a certain type of way towards you. And I feel like that can kind of get a little hazy also. So I'm more at the approach where I'm just starting like, Ooh, hands off. Don't hate me. Like, I'm just going to help you grow your business and keep you focused on your brand that also matches with my brand. Mm, That's so powerful because honestly, being able to empower someone to have their own business in your business is everything. And I I do think commission, um, style or salons can work beautifully if, if it's all understood. And I think what you touched on about a lot of times, and I was there too, as a commission sales at one point, realizing how much money I was bringing into the salon and how much the salon was taking versus what I was being able to keep myself. And, you know, in hindsight, um, you know, it, it's a ready-made setup. You come in, you work, you leave, you get a paycheck yep. and that's great. But I think a lot of things have changed and shifted now. I think the 1099 came out and the different ways that people are getting paid with commission. It's not what it used to be. Um, I don't even know the legalities on that because I run a booth rent salon as well. I like to keep things super simple and super clean. Um, yep. I just want to create an environment where everyone feels supported. And so that's why I choose that path. But I think for bigger salons and to really be a revenue driving salon, having commission availability for people is huge as well, especially once you've already created a brand and a name for yourself. And you're in a, you're in a space where you have a lot of traffic and it's not like, you you have advantage of situations like that. So I think that commission is great for the newbies. You know what I mean? That's, that's where I think that that's where I will start dabbling in that once, once we kind of return to some sort of more normalcy than right now, cause it's just so chaotic, but I'm going to dabble in that. But, um, for my, for my people who are established and they've grown their business themselves, you know, go for it. Right. Right. So are there any like, um, things that you do for the salon team to keep them like together as a little unit? Do you guys host any kind of things together or do you? Yes, we, well, I mean, it's, again, it's been weird. I mean, I feel like six months of my year of ownership has been this crap, (laughs) but, um, we do, I mean, we, we do, 
things together. And I, any education that I do, like any classes that I do, I give to my team for free. Um, so we, we are, we're very much unified. Um, and I feel like, again, we're all kind of friends. So, um, I was planning on hosting like a massive Christmas party, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think again, just, just playing on that family element, socializing outside, um, of the salon, even if it's just individuals, you know what I mean? Like me grabbing a drink with one of the girls or grabbing a drink with five of the girls or hanging out with, you know, a couple people at a time or all of us together. We're, we're kind of all about that. I love that. And, and I've heard mixed things about other salon owners, not wanting to co-mingle with like their, their staff because of getting it, you know, whatever. But I think if you can be a balance and a leader, but still not like, obviously, right. Like, you know, that that's right. Great team. But I think there is something about camaraderie and about being able to like, you see someone like you, like I've had a, a boss or an owner who's on the floor with me as well, who's super busy, super successful. But then at the end of the day, when it's just her and I, Hey, you want to grab a drink? Like there's nothing better than feeling connected, I think, to the owner. So I, I do think that's huge that you take the time to give them that. Yeah. I think that again, that's, that's part of building the morale of the family that you're trying to build. You right. know, it's important. Totally. Okay. So talk to me about how you created like the concept for all of your teaching in your classes. Cause you do a lot of balayage. You do a lot of blonding. You do some incredible hair. I'll be honest. You're saying you all the videos. Um, are you self-taught with that? Do you do all the editing of the videos yourself? Well, uh, my husband has learned tons of stuff on the camera. So he is my photographer, videographer. I mean, I take my own pictures of my work cause I, all, almost all of my work is done on clients in salon. Um, but he is helping me start online education, which, you know, I mean, it's kind of weird. Cause again, I feel like, you know, you're trying to balance life. You're trying to balance a salon. You're trying to do in-person classes. You're trying to be a hairstylist and a daughter and a sister and all the other things. But, um, online education is going to come soon and he's going to help me with that. Um, he's great at it. So he's in marketing and, um, he's good. That's it's awesome. kind of a perfect team. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh my God. Goals. Hello. Does he have a brother? No, <laughs> <laughs> he does, but he's married, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so talk to me about, cause I know you have done some stuff with, I'm looking at your Instagram right now and you, um, have worked with behind the chair. So the yes. team explain and talk to us about that because I know a lot of people are interested in like submitting work for those one shot photos. Um, how did you get involved with that company? Behind the chair is the most career changing thing I have experienced personally. They are absolutely phenomenal. They're absolutely amazing. And they treat me as if I am family. And that again, ties right back into my salon and how I like to feel. I have to be connected to people and, um, behind the chair does that. How it started was I submitted for the one shot hair awards, which is the largest hair competition in the world. And, um, I just was like, you know what? I'd never, at the time it was a couple of years ago. I'd never heard of it. I didn't know, you know, I was kind of new and figuring out Instagram. And, um, I was more so just thinking I'm just a hairstylist behind the chair. These people are like so amazing. Um, yeah. And it was intimidating, but you know what? They, their whole motto is like one shot. And, uh, 
you you're never going to know if you don't try. And so I submitted one year and then the year following that I submitted again and I finalized and that was, no, I didn't No, I think I submitted two years in a row and then I finalized. And so with that, I, I'm just really heavy on engaging with the people in the hair world. And I think that that's kind of honestly how it all came about was through Instagram. And, um, then I was the year that I finalized, they asked me to be part of their team. And I do a lot of work where I'm, I'm show, showing what brands I'm working with, what I like to use. And then I, I became BTC team. And what that is, is you're kind of like, they kind of give you products and you try what you like. And if you like it, you promote it. And that's kind of what it's all about. And um, that has opened up so many amazing opportunities for me. I, I filmed and launched, helped launch the... Well, not help launch, but I was on the team when they launched TBH with Schwarzkopf. And I went up there and filmed with amazing stylists, amazing stylists. Um, and then it went into... I started working with Paul Mitchell. I went to Hawaii with them in January. I mean, it's just so many phenomenal opportunities um, and networking that has come from it. And I cannot say enough positive things about behind the chair. I mean, they have changed my career and I will be forever grateful to them forever. So if anybody is out there and you guys are wanting to go that Avenue, hashtag tag engage and DM and just make sure that, you know, you're, you're putting your best work out there and you're letting them see it. And trust me, they see it. They, they go through so many pictures, so many comments, and they're always watching. That's amazing. Wow. How cool. Because I think we've yet to touch on anyone who, um, has talked about them in that length. I think, um, Carly Zanoni has talked to me a little bit about her experience with behind the chair and submitting for one shot and how it's helped her education like take off as well. Um, so what can people expect from online education from Stevie? Well, I'm kind of working through that now. I feel like it's going to be a little trial and error, but, um, I am, not super comfortable in haircutting, but since I've been working with arc, um, scissors, I have kind of found a little bit of a new passion and I'm, I'm getting educated myself on haircutting. So I feel like it's going to be a combo of coloring and cutting and I'm learning extensions. So maybe some extension stuff. I feel like I'm trying to create something super well-rounded because every single hairstylist out there just wants to know like everything. So I feel like that's what you kind of have to offer is a little bit of everything, but I do so much balayage every day in the salon. That's what I do 95% of that. I think it's going to be a lot of what I do daily to start out with and then kind of branching out into creative things. And, um, I have a lot of stylists at my salon who want to be educators and I want to help them achieve their goals and their dreams. And I think that you'll be seeing them on there as well. That's amazing. I think the more you can bring other people into your journey and give them a chance to like have a little bit of, of, of that is incredible because then you're just building them up and they're getting an experience like you did with behind the chair and getting to like, I I just love everything that you're doing because it just brings me back to my journey of, I wish when I was at this salon that they would have supported me more. So then maybe I would have stayed. And like, I think 
when you can nurture the people that you have to grow into whatever next phase they, they want to do, and you can still hold that space for them and you adjust to their needs, like you're more likely to keep the people that you have. And, yep. you know, I've watched salons that have stylists and they let them leave. And I'm like, you know, I was always taught in sales and business that it's easier to keep like the clients that you have than it is to acquire new ones. And I would imagine it would be the same to keep employees that you have or, you know, renters that you have versus trying to always fill the space and get new ones. hundred um, percent. Yeah. So, I mean, you're just building something that like, why would anybody ever want to leave? And that's the kind of culture that I feel like this industry needs so bad. And that's what kind of has given us a bad rap in the past. At least like when you would ask clients before, like, what's your perception of a salon environment? And it's the gossipy. It's like you always, they're always moving salons. It's like two years here, a year there. Like that was like the normal for so, so long. And now you see people staying 10, 15 years at a salon. I mean, my that's, and that's the only way I've honestly known it. Um, my mom was at her same salon for 25 years along with others in that same same amount of time. So I feel like if you create an amazing environment, they're going to stay. And, um, I mean, 25 years at one place is pretty phenomenal. So, and I stayed at that, I was only at one salon and then I opened my own. So I feel like you, you really have to put in it and, uh, to see those results. And I don't know. I think if you treat people the way that they want to be treated and the way they deserve to be treated, they're going to stay with you forever. And, and, and honestly, there really isn't, I would have never left if I didn't want to do the salon ownership thing. So for me, it's like, if you have a great thing, why, why change it? Right. I agree. And I have so many questions when it comes to salon ownership. And I know that this last year has been so weird because I'm a new salon owner myself. So like I opened just last October. So I just hit a year and like, we know like it's been, Oh my God. So we're at the same time frame. Totally. And I mean, my salon's a much smaller scale. There's only five stations in my salon and, um, we're not off the beam. You can't just walk in. You wouldn't know, never know where we are. I built the space to mostly be for uh, seasoned stylists who are just looking for a hair home to come and have a peaceful place to work with all the amenities minus, you know, um, front desk and all of that. But, you know, what, what would you say you wish somebody would have told you before you opened the salon? Now that's a tough question. Are there any like lessons that you would be like, if you're going, if you're thinking about going down the route of opening a salon, what would you I think? It, I am, I'm tough. Okay. I'm tough. I can handle a lot of stuff. Um, but I will tell you what I bought my salon. So there were a lot of people there who were there when it, it when it, when I took it over, um, there are a lot of different personalities and to not take things. It's, it's super personal. I mean, it's your home. It's what I've literally put my entire life into it. And, um, when I give something my all, I give it probably too much (laughs) if that's a thing, but, um, it's personal. It is so personal and it is so trying and testing and it never ends. It like, you think that you go home and you go home and you hang out with your husband and you have like a night uninterrupted. Yeah. 
it's a, it's a child. It's a child, which I knew that going into it, I had open conversations with my salon owner, um, before I had done opened a salon. So she knew for a while for probably about two years, what I was thinking. Um, so I, she was amazing in that aspect because she really gave me, you know, like, Hey, this is how it's going to go. And I had a lot of freedom at my salon that I was at before. So, um, I kind of learned a lot of it before I came into it, but it was like a tip of an iceberg. You have no idea until you get into it. And when I did it, I mean, my, the salon I bought was 22 chairs during COVID. We added eight more in. So we're at 30 chairs and it is a lot of personalities, but I feel like we have, it's, it took time. It took probably about six months. And honestly, COVID kind of helped to, to really keep the people who wanted to be there and who truly appreciated me there um, and brought in new people who, who feel that way about me. And I just think that it is such an eye-opening and testing experience. And I do think that the toughest will survive. I agree. Yeah. No, salon ownership is not for the, uh, for the week for sure. And I knew that as well going in, I was well aware. And that's why I think I opened such a small space because, um, I, I just didn't want to be responsible for something that large. I knew I have a nine-year-old and I I also have another business that I'm trying to do. So I knew creating a, a safe space for the people, it would just make sense, but I've watched you know, salons be built that are that size and, and the amount of work that it goes into. So I commend you because it's no easy thing. And it's just, when you build something like that, um, you know, I know you, you go unappreciated sometimes, but I, I wish that like you could get in people's head and know how much they probably do appreciate you. And I'm glad they do. Yeah. COVID pushed out the people who didn't. Um, I know, do you have a few chairs open right now? We have a few left. Um, so what can and, they come to your salon and they want to booth rent from you? Like, what is the environment like? What can they expect as far as like what the team offers? Again, we're super into education. So people who are wanting to grow and wanting to learn, that's what we're looking for. Because again, like I said, you know, people, somebody who thinks they know everything is doomed in my eyes. So I feel like that's huge. Um, Along with, again, if you want to be part of like a team and a family, that is what we offer. Our space is super COVID safe. We have put plexiglass between every single station. There are dividers between shampoo bowls, which I'm going to get ready to do all acrylic between the shampoo bowls because we just have more of like a cloth kind of divider. But um, it's it's safe. We we're a hundred percent mask enforcing, um, whether, however we feel about it personally is each one of our rights. Um, but as professionals in our salon, we are about our business and our reputation and are about our professionalism. And we are handling this as best all of us can with being respectful to everybody's views and opinions. I love that. I love that. And you speak freely on your opinions and your views too. And I love that you are unapologetically yourself because I find nothing more admirable than a woman who like speaks her mind and just says whatever she wants. Um, especially with grace and love, like you say things like always from your heart. So that so comes across. And I think why you're building such an authentic brand, that's going to really support your business goals and dreams. And I'm excited to see where you go with your online education. Um, do you think you're going to do more of like a membership side or how do you think you're going to set the education up? Will it be classes? 
it will definitely be a membership, um, as well as maybe there's going to be, we're kind of working all that stuff out, but we're definitely looking at a, an affordable membership because I understand that our entire industry has been hit so hard and all of us are struggling. So, um, I, I'm, I mean, I have online memberships myself. I have like six of them happening at once and I'm going to do more. So, I'm all about supporting my fellow artists as well. Um, and it'll be monthly, but I have a feeling that there's going to be some bigger classes happening and maybe I'll offer individual classes as well. And touching on classes behind the chair university, BTC university has amazing classes. You can take an individual or membership as well. So I feel like it's just such an amazing company to, I'm trying to learn from them. So. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on everything you've done. Congrats on the salon and expanding and doing all the big things to keep people safe. That's, I know, been an extra added challenge for us this year that yes. wasn't in the budget, wasn't in the, when you wrote out your business plan, how things were going to go. It's been like, nope. <laughs> But, um, I know <laughs> I got to give you credit because we we've heard, or I've heard that over 40 salons alone have closed in San Diego. So to still be one of the few standing, um, that's, that's no small feat. And that just shows like, you know, I, if you can make it through 2008 and you can make it through the pandemic, you're going to be all right. Cause we are like, I think a recession proof industry. And I think we are. everybody so- needs their, Hey girl, even when, even when pandemic was closed, all my clients were like, Hey, yeah. uh, I still need my hair done help me. So, um, it's, we're, we are recession proof, even if we have to get creative. Right. And I definitely think it gave a boost to our industry to let, let everybody know that, you know, we are a value that, and that our clients really appreciate us. And so I think it, it really just helped it fucked us in a lot of ways, but it also helped level everybody up to like start playing at a different level because I always grinded it out with an assistant and thought that that's the way I needed to do it. And this really forced me to slow down and feel free to raise my prices appropriately so that I can see one guest at a time. And it's like out of every, everything bad, something good comes. So this is just like a positive reminder for you guys to always find the good in the not so good situations. And you know, if you're thinking about opening your own salon, reach out to people who have done the work like Stevie and don't be scared to ask questions because myself, her other salon owners, people who have done things that you are looking to do are more than willing to talk to you. And, um, you know, if you're in a salon space where you're not feeling supported, you know, I would definitely, um, reassess and make sure that you're energetically around who you're supposed to be around. And if, if you feel stuck, then you got to look inside and see, is there somewhere better I could be, or is it how I'm showing up? So I think you get what you put into it, like you said earlier. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited that we got this time together today. Thank you so much. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. And I feel like we're definitely going to have to meet in person at some point. (laughs) You let me know when the education goes live and we'll, we'll make sure to promote that for you too. But uh, awesome. Uh, so you guys know, I don't know if she'll have any chairs left by the time this episode airs. Uh, but I, I vouch for the salon and everything that she's about, because if you haven't already, I would follow her. She's at hair by Stevie on Instagram and, uh, you will get so much out of this human right here because she pours, obviously you can tell everything that she has into her business. And that's the kind of environment that you will thrive in and be successful regardless. So stay around people doing big things. Cheers to you guys. That's right. Yeah. Right. Thanks, Stevie. So glad we'll, we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.